0: I know I say this all the time, but boy, do we have a fantastic show for you today. Mariana Zapata joins us to talk about her amazing journey from indie published author and having her books find a loyal following on social media to erupting and finding Uh, not only an audience through indie publishing, but then being courted by big five publishers and this amazing story. You're going to love it. We'll get to that in just a second. If you're enjoying this podcast and would love to hear uh, maybe one of your favorite writers or a story coach or someone in the writing field that you think would make a great episode, drop me a line at Hank Garner G A R N E R. At DappleWriter.com and tell me who you would like to hear on the podcast. I'll put a link to my email address in the show notes just to uh, cut out any confusion. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to review this podcast in your favorite podcast app. Drop us five stars if you're enjoying it. We'd appreciate it, it helps other people find the show. Now let's get over to our interview with Mariana Zapata. And we are live here in the StoryCraft Cafe. I am your host, Hank Garner. And today I am super excited to have Mariana Zapata joining me today. She has an amazing new book out. It's kind of new. And this is going to be one of the things we talk about today. The Wall of Winnipeg and Me is an amazing, fantastic book. I loved it so much. I know so many other people are as well. Mariana, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, I appreciate you having me so much. I'm really excited. I hope I don't, you know, stick my foot in my mouth, (laughs) but I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much, Hank. Well, I, I
0: stick my foot in my mouth, usually multiple times a week. So you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all just uh, it, it's all just family and friends here. So, so yeah, anyway.
1: fun with friends. I like
0: it. Yeah. Um, Mariana, I, uh, I like to start our conversations with a fun question. And so um, what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller?
1: Oh man, that's a really really good one. I kind of have this very faint memory um one of the I watched RoboCop. Okay. Um, which I know some people don't remember and that makes me feel I don't know how that makes me feel. But <laughs> 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 I remember watching it and just like, I don't know, it just it, it gave me this kind of feeling. And I was like, what if it would have ended in a different way? And it's funny because I remember writing fan fiction about it like very yeah. briefly. Um, so I, I feel like that's probably my, my first memory with wanting to write was just wanting the story to be a little bit different. And, you know, <laughs> trying my best at like six years old, I think I was to write like a tiny little story about it. So that's probably my earliest memory, to be honest with you.
0: I love it. Um, in in your your bio, you talk about writing love stories from an early age, and it sounds like probably around that same age. Where did <laughs> your Where did your love of of these types of stories come from?
1: You know, that's a really good question. I I feel like maybe I can just kind of blame my family because they're so loving that love has always just been such an important part of me in my life. Um, so you know, I guess it's just something I, I've I've really enjoyed watching and being a part of, and I kind of just wanted to make up my own stories, um, you know, relating to a different kind of love, uh, but. But yeah, I, I think that was maybe it. That's so refreshing
0: to hear because um, so many people have a very different story um, that that they come from uh, harsh circumstances and uh, their interpersonal relationships are strained. And, you know, not everyone that we're related to is always loving and caring and you know and very different stories come out of a lot of those emotions and and those are all absolutely valid and and we need someone to tell those kinds of stories but it is it's very refreshing to hear someone say i loved my family so much it makes me want to write about you know relationships and healthy things that that is that's a very good thing to hear
1: oh thank you so much yeah um so
0: you know, from that early age of wanting to tell stories and to bring people into your imagination, um, fast forward a little bit. What what made you actually take the leap to write your first book and, you know, and then, you know, what was your your path to publication? A, a lot of people, um, you know, have a. Uh, A very circuitous route that they travel, you know, to becoming an author. Um, Is this something that you always had a very singular motivation for or has your life taken, uh, you know, some other paths to get you here?
1: I I would like to say that I've I've experienced that. I mean, writing has just been something I've done my entire life. From like writing, you know, the RoboCop stories and you know, prince and princesses stories when I was very very young, and then as a teenager, um, you know, I wrote fan fiction about boy bands. And I just Mm -hmm. writing has always been a part of me, and I've I've carried that with me. But it was never seemed something that could be a job for me. You know, like that. That just seemed kind of like you know, rocks, like a rock star situation. That's just this, you know, wonderful fantasy that, you know, some other, you know, imaginary people are lucky enough to have that kind of opportunity, but it never seemed, you know, it just never seemed like even an option and didn't seem like an, uh, an opportunity. Um, that could be something that I could have access to. So, um, you know, I, I wrote through my teen years and in my early 20s, um, I was still writing fan fiction and I was doing, um, I had a pretty good following with it. But at that time, I had a normal job. I was going to school. Um, I hated my job with a passion. I worked in customer service and it just, you know, I think I'm just too sensitive. <laughs> and yeah, it just kind of happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it just kind of just sucked the soul out of my life. Mm. And my husband, my boyfriend at the time, I think, you know, I would bring home just, you know, so much like heartache and just frustrations from work. And he was like, what if you just, you know, he goes, what if you just quit and just focus on writing? And it kind of just, you know, my, it blew my mind because I'm like, are you sure? Are you serious? You know, we had just moved in together. We had a couple of roommates. We had just bought our own our first house. Um, so it was just very wild. And I was so scared. I mean, so scared because I, you know, I come from, I had a steady job and, it's a huge leap to go from something that, you know, something that, you know, that you get a regular paycheck from to just kind of saying, all right, let me try and do this fantasy job. I don't, you know, I have no idea if I'm going to do well in or what's going to happen. And so I kind of just did it. And I was fortunate enough that at the time self-publishing was just starting to get, you know, very popular. Um, So the first book, it okay. Um, but you know, you just kind of stick it out and you're like, I'm going to believe in myself and nothing ever works out the first time. Um, and fortunately for me, it's worked out, but I, I hope that answered it. Okay. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, I had a conversation with uh, fantasy author, Brandon Sanderson, uh, a couple of years ago, he was on the show and, and we, uh, we talked about that writing is one of these pursuits that um, it, it, it's it's kind of strange because if you had this hobby where you you like to tell stories, people automatically put. Um, some sort of requirement on that and he said if you if you like to go to the y and play basketball um you know a a night or two a week nobody says okay but when are you joining the nba he said you 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 just go play basketball because you like to play basketball but if you like to write people are like well when are you going to publish and 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 Th- that really made me think differently about um, this pursuit. Uh, but then I, it sounds to me like um, that you were very happy to have this hobby that you engaged in that that you did just for joy. Until you started thinking about, well, maybe I could make a living out of this maybe I could pursue this um before you decided to publish and and to put your stories out there how did you feel about your writing and were were you happy just to create these worlds and characters and
1: oh absolutely I mean I, I just I love writing I love making up stories and just staring off on into space and just letting my mind wander um so that's that's actually a really really great way of putting it you know um you said about Brandon, because it is, it's just something that's just a part of me, something that I love doing, even, you know, when it was, like you said, just a hobby. Yeah. Um, but I was fortunate enough that I had a good following, um, but not necessarily that. But, you know, my, my little brother used to read my stories and he was like, you're so funny. And he just, he motivated me so much. Like he seemed to believe in me and he made me feel like I had, you know, something special. And I sometimes I randomly think about this uh college professor I had. It was my, you know, I think it was like in my freshman year of English. We had to write like a story about our, you know, our experience right before college. And I just wrote this really funny story about a flying cockroach that was in my room the night before my first day. And <laughs> and he he showed it, you know, on the I can't remember what those are called the transparency thingy the
0: overhead projector Yeah thing. yeah yeah the overhead
1: projector and he was like this is my favorite one it was so good and I was kind of like that was one of it was right before I was still writing fan fiction and I was kind of like okay may, maybe like maybe I have something, but, you know, I think about all that practice I did before all the stories I wrote and I would probably die of embarrassment if anyone read anything before I published it. (laughs) I've had some people ask me like, Oh, what was your username? And I'm like, I'm never, ever going to tell anyone that it's just, it's practice. It was so many, you know, probably millions of words of, of practicing, but it was for me and each story I felt like helped me grow and helped me, you know, Mm, gain my voice and the kind of storytelling yeah. that I wanted to, you know, to share with the world. So, you know, I, I always kind of think that I don't write books. I'm more of a rewriter because I rewrite just everything. I can't tell you how many drafts I go through until I get to a final one, but it is, it's, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i've not had a lot of experience with fan fiction but i know that that some people um you included uh really cut your teeth on uh on writing stories in other people's worlds with their with other people's characters do do you find that um um that starting with uh with something someone else created, uh, does that free you up to, uh, to just kind of immerse yourself in the world? And, uh, I guess what I'm asking is what's the difference in writing fan fiction versus writing something completely new and different? And do you approach them differently? Um, what, what's the mindset difference when in in the, in the two?
1: I want to say that at least for me, it was kind of more of like um, it, it, it didn't seem as much of a scary thing, taking like characters that someone else already came up with and kind of having a template to grow from. I gotcha. mean, there's all different kinds of fan fiction, you know, alternate reality and alternate universe. You know, if you're going from like vampire books, which I did to just, you know, they're human in the versions that I wrote. But I feel like it's just kind of having a template and saying, okay, this is what I have to work with and I'm going to go from there versus having to come up with characters, you know, that you're just trying to make into real beings. You know, I, I, you know, I I sit there and I think even like, what kind of foods do they like? So I I feel like it's a lot more intimidating starting from scratch or maybe I just make it up in my head. And it's just one of my fears is having to start, you know, from, from nothing, you know, from raw material and make up your own. So it's kind of like a, I, I feel like fan fiction is a very safe space um
0: yeah
1: and just you know coming up with your own things is kind of terrifying
0: (laughs) when you are coming up with a a new um book uh, a new set of characters um do you are there certain exercises that you do to get to know your characters like like some people will create character sheets and uh you know they Talk about this character's favorite color and, you know, the clothes they like to wear, the foods they like to eat, and they'll go way into detail. And and sometimes or maybe even a lot of times those those uh, character details don't even make it into the book, but it's just what the author uses to understand the character. What, what's your process like when you're creating new characters?
1: Absolutely. The same exact way. I go through so many details that I would say 90% of it doesn't end up, you know, and I'll think of, you know, just even different like lines or sayings uh, or little, you know, ticks that people have. Um, And none of that even makes it or even how many siblings they have. And I'll name the siblings and, um, you know, it's just like you said, even little things like favorite foods. If someone likes, you know, one of my characters I know likes Pop Tarts. Another one likes, uh, you know, Mexican dish called tres leches, which is like a cake. Uh, so it's just like little things that you use to build up the characters. And as I write, um, I always end up getting more ideas that really structure the kind of character that they are, the kind of person that they are. And um, so I'll just keep adding it. I have storyboards with just postmarks. I mean, not postmarks, post-its on them. And I just continuously just add to it, even if it's nicknames that aren't, you know, used. So yeah, I go, I go pretty into detail with it. And, and it's, I don't want to say it's not for no reason, but you know, it doesn't make it to where other people (laughs) become familiar with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When, when you first started, uh, publishing, you, you talked about the indie publishing revolution that had really taken off. Um, and uh, was this, um, about 10 years or so? When, When did you start publishing?
1: Um, I published my first book in 2012. I want to say that I remember hearing about self-publishing maybe in like 2010, 2011. There was this really popular, um author at the time named, I mean, mean, she's still an an author, but I just remember she was the one that introduced me to self-publishing, just the way that she was releasing her stories named Amanda Hawking. And she was doing great. I mean, her stories were doing amazing. And she was really the inspiration why I was kind of like, well, if she didn't, you know, I can try. I have nothing to lose, you know? so. Yeah.
0: Well, th- around that time, um, and and we can you know trace it back a couple of years before that when the Amazon Kindle came out, and then Amazon uh, created KDP or Kindle Direct Publishing as a support system to uh, really to to get content to publish on their Kindle, and um, which then. Uh, transformed self-publishing, which used to be a very dirty word, you know, it was was really a pay to play system and transformed that into a way for people to publish their stories and to find an audience and, and, you know, got rid of the gatekeepers. And, you know, there's this transformative uh, moment where publishing was no longer in the hands of the few, but was really opened up to the masses. And, you know, lots and lots of, um, you know, things have happened in careers have been made because of this. And, and I think you are, uh, you know, a success story when we're talking about these, this change in publishing, were you surprised when you published your first couple of books and started to gain a following and realized that, uh, you know, now I can go directly to my readers and uh and did do you think that that helped you to foster a relationship with readers that maybe you know up until then had been non-existent in in the way that that writers could connect with their readers
1: oh absolutely i mean when i first you know when i first started thinking about um publishing my books I, you know, pitched them to a couple of publishing companies and, you know, a lot of the feedback that I got back were what what I'm known for now is my books are too long um, and they're too slow. <laughs> so those two things and they were like, "You know, if you cut it back to, you know, an average book is usually between 70,000 and 90,000 words yeah. and I think the ones I was pitching to them were 140,000." Um I was like, "But if I take that out, that's, you know, that's just taking the magic away from my book and, you know, I'm like, and if I make them slow then they're just, you know, they're not going to be me and they're not going to be the story that I want to tell. And so, you know, it worked out for me that I'm very, very stubborn. And I was like, I'm not going to change this, you know, from what I've made it that I'm very happy with. Uh, and so it was kind of like, well, if you don't want it, then I'm going to find someone else that does. Even, even if I have to do this myself and it's going to be a lot harder um, and scarier and, you know, just you become your own, you know, marketing person, your own publicist, you do everything yourself. Um, and at that point, you know, like at the beginning for everyone, like, you know, editing is very expensive and just everything that comes out of that is out of pocket. So it's, it's very scary. But um, you know, it's, it's worked out for me and I'm so, so happy that I waited and that I eventually found a really great publisher and an editor more than anything that I feel like really understands me and the kind of stories that I want to tell. And now I feel like, you know, I've shown uh, readers that it's okay to have very long books or very slow books uh, and just kind of, you know, tell your own story. I mean, if we all followed what everyone else wants us to do, it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, b-
0: by your own description, your books are very long and very slow. Um, and there's, you know, we, uh, we talk about tropes uh, in writing and slow burn uh, is something that everyone uses to describe your books. Um, <laughs> slow burn. Romantic. It's true. <laughs> in a day and time where it seems like storytelling uh, is more and more catering to um, the attention deficit um, ness of our society, where when you watch a movie, you're dropped into the action of a scene, and then you figure out who the characters are after you've already been kind of inundated with with a thing going on, or um, yeah. I, I think about reading books from 20, 30 years ago and you being a hundred pages in and nothing happens. You're just kind of getting to know people and all that versus books that are published today where, you know, things are happening at a very different pace Um, for for someone like you who loves to take her time and really sell the characters and really let readers get immersed in the world and the characters. Um, How do you feel about the changes in what we think of as mainstream publishing versus, I I mean, you definitely are not, uh, uh, you're not sold on that concept. You believe that readers will hang in there with you. And, and so, so what, how do you feel about the, the ideas that, That things need to happen super fast. And, and what do you do to, uh, to earn that trust with readers that, that they know, you know, I am going to stick it out because I know it's going to be worth it.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting because I have this conversation with people all the time where even when you watch videos on social media, it's kind of like you lose interest after the first 10 seconds for the most part. After that, you're like, well, nothing's happening. I'm just going to, you know. Yeah swipe up and go to the next thing. I think that there's just so much, you know, just so much stimulus now that we have access to and just so much information that it's kind of like, you know, our time is so precious to us. And so we have to choose how we want to spend it. And so I I get it, you know, when you have millions of videos online, you don't want to spend, you know, more than 10 seconds on something because you just have access to so many other things. And especially with books, it's the same way. I mean, you, you know, I don't know how many I want to say i read somewhere that there's 50 romance books that are, you know, uh, published every week. It might even be more than that. Um, and so it's just you and especially what you said earlier about having access to Kindle now. I mean, you have millions and millions of books that you can read. Um, but I feel like there is a market for people who want. Um, I don't want to say more character-driven books because you can definitely have a character-driven book and something that's shorter. Um, But I feel like it's just, uh, you know, finding the right story that you want to tell and, you know, kind of weaving it in a way I would hope that uh, readers become invested in the characters. Because I feel like I've noticed a lot um, with some of the books I read, especially when I used to read a lot and very quickly you know i'd finish the book in a day later i wouldn't be able to tell you even the name of the characters i read or anything like that I when mean, you finish it and you move on and the stories you know you might remember some part of the story but you don't remember like i said you can't even remember the name of the character much less three weeks later um so my goal with my books at least i want to believe is that you really get to know them and you get to love them and root for them um so that you know i i would hope that my readers enjoy them uh and so you do remember it weeks from then, or you come back to it eventually. And I've been really fortunate that a lot of my readers are like, you know, they're, they're the absolute best, but they'll be like, I've read this book 10 times. And I just, you know, <laughs> it's crazy to me <laughs> and I'm, I'm so grateful for it, but I really try and spend my time um, just picking and choosing, like I said, the kind of story and, you know, the kind of character development that invests, that, that gets people to invest in them. So...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are you surprised ever by uh, the audience that that follows you and read your books? Do you do you you hear from from men, from uh, from the uh, the age range of readers? Um, are, Are you ever surprised by who who chooses to fall in love with your books?
1: It's incredible to me. I mean, it's I I they. My readers blow my mind on a regular basis. I've done signings before where women will come with their husbands and, um, you know, the, the the female reader will buy a book and her husband's like, get me that one. And so then they'll sit there and fight. And, and then, you know, a lot of husbands will tell me how much they love my books too, or how they listen to the audio books together. And, you know, it just, it's, it's crazy to me that I have, you know, a, a very, you know, I'm very pleased with the amount of, of men that I have that, that enjoy my books um, that, you know, like the humor or just, you know, um, the character development maybe. And then yeah. I'll get emails from, you know, people who are in their eighties, seventies and eighties, uh, longtime teachers and just the, the most like so much variety and, and, you know, the careers that they did or just the kind of, you know, the kinds of, uh, backgrounds that they come from. Um, so it really, it's just, it's, it's so surprising. It's just, you know, I don't know how I got this lucky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of audiobooks, um, audio is the largest growth market in publishing right now the lots and and uh, you know we've theorized about what has caused this boom in audiobooks and um, I think the the biggest thing is we all w- are walking around with phones with plenty of storage and you know high-speed internet access and it's just super easy to get a phone and you know we've got earbuds you know it's It's just super easy to consume books like that. Now, when in your publishing um, uh, story, did you start realizing uh, the impact that you could have with audio?
1: Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's really wild. Like you said, how much it's exploded over the years. I feel like, you know, maybe like in 2016, um, when I released the original version of The Wall of Winnipeg and Me, that's when readers were really like, you know, I don't want to read it. I want to listen to it. And I was like, you know you're really going to like it just it, it was it was a crazy idea to me that you would yeah. wait to listen to it but you know i i didn't listen to audiobooks back then so it wasn't uh it wasn't something that i was familiar with but now as i've gotten into it i mean the quality of them and like when you get a really great actor to do it um it's i mean it's amazing it just brings it to life so now you know to an extent i really enjoy probably listening to them more than i read them um but so you know i i completely understand it it's it's really amazing. Or when you have the full cast narrations that some books do, I mean, yeah. that's just amazing. I, I love it. I wish I could do that for mine, but I'll <laughs> settle for doing a do it <laughs>
0: It's pretty wild when when you get into that and then you get lost in in it and realize, oh, where have six hours gone? You know, I've, yeah, exactly. I've been reading this book the this time. Exactly. Um, you uh you started gaining a uh, a following on social media and and TikTok especially your books just blew up uh and you know w- i could talk about that a little bit how you know you you were a successful author you had uh you know uh developed a readership you had developed fans for for lack of a better word that followed along and um and then you know, I don't know if it was all of a sudden or if it was a slow burn or whatever. You start kind of noticing that everybody and their brother are talking about you and your books. uh You know, especially on TikTok, that that seems to have really just ignited a fire over there. What happened? And what was that like? <laughs> <for you? laughs>
1: I asked myself the same thing. <laughs> what happened? I mean, it's crazy. I. I had a career, you know, and I was doing amazing. And I was, you know, I have zero complaints about how well, um, you know, my, my books were doing and how sure. wonderful my readers are. And then just all of a sudden, um, you know, it was back when I was only self-publishing. So I saw my reads starting to go up and up daily when I, and I was like, what's going on? And I don't really get on social media. I mean, I feel like I like Instagram um, mm-hmm. and I get on there. Cause once that's again,
0: where all the good vibes are yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's what I, that's, that's exactly how I see it. I never get on there and like leave upset unless, you know, I get tagged in something that might hurt my feelings for five minutes. Uh, but for the most yeah. part, you know, it's just a fun scrolling. Like we said, the quick stimulus. Um, but, uh, it was, you know, I was kind of like, I've heard of TikTok. This was maybe a couple of years ago, but I didn't get on. I, you know, I didn't have an account or anything like that. So I just saw them going up. And then just all of a sudden I would have readers who are like, oh, did you see? You know, someone posted this video of you on TikTok and it had, you know, a million views, or I, I don't know what it was at the time, but it was it was a lot. And I was like, I have no idea what this even is. What is TikTok? <laughs> 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 and to be honest with you, I have an account now. Um I don't know the password for it. I think there's like one video on there. (laughs) Uh, So I'm like, I'm, you know, just about the worst person to talk about it, but I'm so grateful for the, the reach that that platform has gotten to, you know, an even bigger, you know, Uh, audience that I I never would have imagined. I mean, I feel like for the most part up until 2020, 2021, you know, most of my readers are probably about 15, 16, you know, to the eighties. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, my cousin who was 12 would be like, you know, my friend loves your books. And I'm like, 12 year old reading my books I don't
0: um, I don't like, know how I slow do down, slow <laughs> down. Maybe we need to talk about this
1: <laughs> not that I wanted to talk because I was stealing my aunt's you know Harlequin novels when I was the same age so I try and take a step back but right. at the same time I guess adult Mariana was like oh <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to traumatize anyone. Nice. Um, so it's just been, you know, it's, it's incredible. Uh, I mean, it really is incredible. Like what that platform has been able to do, uh, for so many careers for so many people. And I know how much, you know, it's been wonderful to me. I, I was, ta- I, my Italian publisher sent me one of my books and, uh, you know, I was kind of reading the back of it and I went into Google translate and it said something like, you know, 600 million views on TikTok," And I was like, how is this humanly possible? Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I 600
0: out. million people. <laughs> 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 wow.
1: So it's just, it's insane. I mean, it really is just, it's crazy to me. And, you know, thank you everyone on tiktok i appreciate you but you know everyone on instagram and facebook and you know everywhere in the world i appreciate you
0: (laughs) love it um so you um you gained the attention of uh traditional publishers um and did did this happen because of the social media virality or um did the the social media stuff Come because of the um, traditional publishing. Did, do you do you see a trajectory where one thing led to another, or kind of what happened with going from being an independent author um, to then? catching the attention of New York and, you know, them wanting to get in on, on all the goodness that was happening.
1: You know, I I wonder if it did affect it to an extent. Um, But I feel for the most part that uh, after 2014, I remember um, one of my books, my second book at the time under lock had the New York times list and the USA today list. And my agent at the time had been really been pushing me toward publishers. Um, But you know, some of the editors that I spoke to left, you know, a funny, a funny taste in my mouth that I was kind of like, you know, it was more of what I, you know, told you from before I even started publishing where they were like, uh, you know, I remember one lady was like, uh, your name isn't marketable enough. She goes, You should change it to something. I know, I know. It really made me mad. Yeah. <laughs> but once again, the stubbornness kicked in where I was like, so people won't want to read my books because because of my name that just, you know, that, really frustrated me and she was like, I want you to write more, you know, I would want you to write books like Danielle Steele. And, you know, did you really want to write a book about an ex felon? I don't feel like that was a really good idea. You know, I think you should tame it back. And I was kind of like, I think people like seeing human beings, you know, who, who who can change, you know, like not everyone changes, but I feel like for the most part, we all have that ability in ourselves. Um, Everyone
0: loves a redemption story. Exactly. I don't care who you are.
1: Exactly. And so it's just kind of like, you know, it was those conversations that I had back in 2014, 2015, that I was kind of like, maybe this isn't something that, I, you know, I want to go toward. It was only my second book. I hadn't established myself really. Um, but over the years, there was a couple more conversations that I had uh, with a few other publishers that still didn't feel right to me. I mean, um, I don't want to say I'm a control freak, but I kind of am. So I really enjoyed just, you know, controlling
0: It makes you wonder if some of these people in publishing have ever read a book.
1: (laughs) You would figure. I'm like, what are you reading if this is what you're thinking? Like Right, right. Anyway. And so I wanna say that um my you know, my next agent that I had, Jane, who was amazing, she was kind of like, she'd always be like, just tell me when you're ready. I mean, I, I appreciated that, that she didn't push me into doing something yeah. that I wasn't ready for. And so finally, I think she was kind of like, you know, I I think she said, I think that this is the time, you know, that maybe this is, you know, for you to take the next step. Um, and I was kind of like, Okay, uh, maybe I was really sweating it. And um, she introduced me to my editor, May, who apparently had been trying to get me to come toward Avon uh, for several years, but my agent already knew that I wasn't going to have any part of it. So she's like, now, you know, no, no, no. And, uh, you know, it was just. you know, maybe, maybe all, you know, the, the great things going on, you know, really got them more motivated to bring me on board, but I loved her from the moment I spoke to her. Um, and so I've, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that I found a home with them and, uh, you know, I feel like yeah. she, she understands me.
0: Yeah. Well, in the, in the early days of indie publishing and the Kindle revolution, um, for for better or worse, um, there was a lot of um, tribal activity going on where we had the indie folks that were making a huge splash over here, and we're so much better than traditional publishing. And then you had, the, you know, the traditional published authors, and they all had their tweed jackets with the you know with the elbow patches, and you know we're so much better, and you know we're being funny, but you know there was a lot it's of true. tribalism it's true. there. You know? <laughs> And and the the re, I, I was always a little skeptical of the tribalism because um, you know while wonderful things are happening over here that doesn't necessarily make the other side evil you know um, exactly. you know it, there may have been some evil things done but that doesn't make them evil um, and I, I say that half jokingly but of
1: course of course.
0: But a lot what a lot that has happened over the last couple of years is we're seeing that that what has truly happened in the self-publishing revolution is that the power has gone back to the authors and where where it should have been um you know and and authors are finding out now that they can really have the best of both worlds in in some cases where you can um you know have some projects that you market completely uh, independently, directly to your audience, some of them have benefited from going through a traditional publisher and having the reach and the scope that that, that brings you um, as someone who has had success in both areas and and now has, uh, you know, a foot firmly in each world um how do you feel about the um, the, the tribalism, the camps? And, and what do you as an as someone who found success as an indie, um, what has the traditional world um, brought to you?
1: I I completely agree with you on the tribalism. I mean, I feel like that toward just, you know, everything in life in general is like, you know, the very polarizing, you know, white and black, you know, things, you know, aren't even gray, I would say everything is just a mix of a different colors and there's good and there's bad with everything. So I've always, you know, I I think I just kind of isolated myself, uh, Because I'm just kind of like a hermit that lives, you know, under a rock. So I never got too involved with, you know, trash talking one or trash talking the other. I'm just like, I just want to focus on myself and I'll put my books out. The only person I'm competing against is myself. Um, So I feel very passionate about, you know, the opportunities that I got from being indie um, that I was able to just say, you know to hell with what I was told at the time and and yeah. do the kind of stories that I was able to do. And that I was fortunately um, successful enough to prove to the people, to, you know, to the naysayers um, who disagreed with, you know, the kind of thing that I wanted to write. And now I feel like, um, the kinds of stories that I tell have become more accessible for other authors to where they feel, you know, like it's okay for them, you know, to kind of do their own thing too uh, with indie publishing, but traditional publishing on the other hand, I mean, the most amazing part about it is honestly just being able to get your, you know, your stories out to so many more people in a way, because it was kind of how you said it's not, it wasn't even like authors who would be like, Oh, you know, Indie is trash, um, or, you know, traditional is traditional publishing. A lot of readers for very, you know, I I feel like that's even still a thing now to where, you know, the, there's a misconception about the quality that you get from, you know, being an indie author to where you don't think that, you know, some people might not think that the storytelling is, you know, as up to par as it would be with traditional publishing, Um, which is unfortunate because there's so much talent, you know, in both camps. Um, But, uh, so, you know, it kind of adds a little bit more credibility, I guess, being traditional, you know, traditionally published and, you know, it was, uh, it's just been kind of amazing when I go to bookstores like Barnes and Noble and they have stacks of my copies or, you know, going to, you know, I went to books a million and they had some, whereas before, you know, I I understand it's, you know, more difficult to get indie authors into the big bookstores. Um, So it's, it's been, you know, it's been amazing to see that and the price points are a little bit more, uh, you know, affordable for readers. So that's also, that's also really great. Yeah.
0: Well, before we go, uh, Mariana, I've, I've got uh, something that I, I love to hear people talk about. And it's it's my favorite thing to ask writers. Uh, and when when uh, when you're beginning a project, when when you have a, a, a brand new thing that you're working on, um, there's a moment of creation that happens in one moment. Nothing about, um, you know, the the wall of winnipeg and me nothing about this exists and then either um a character walks onto the stage of your mind or maybe you start thinking of some scenario and then you start populating that scenario with with made-up people and then something happens and the story does exist. And then it's your job as the writer to, to dig the story out and excavate it and polish it up. And, you know, and then it becomes a book and, and a fully formed story exists. Then what is that first moment of creation like for you?
1: First of all, that was such a beautiful way of putting it. I mean, that was, that was amazing. I love that, Hank. That, that was really, really wonderful. Um, You know, it's kind of like, it's, it's the most exciting moment, I guess, you know, you can you can imagine uh, my husband's a musician. So he'd always say that, you know, there is no better feeling than being up on stage, you know, just at the beginning where everyone's just like, you know, screaming at you. But, you know, writing is such an, you know, just a, such a personal thing, at least for me that where, I, you know, I'll just randomly be sitting there. I'll watch something. And like you said, the character comes on stage and it's just like you know, an enlightenment in a way like, whoa, (laughs) and then slowly as the ideas start, you know, coming to you, I'll run to my phone and write down a note. And, you know, it's it's the funniest when you're laying in bed trying to go to sleep and that's when your mind's just like, idea, idea, idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's just, it's so incredible. And it always just comes at the most random and worst time where you can't sit there and just immediately get to your computer and write things down. So, you know, let me take a little note on my phone. And Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't even know how it happens or why it happens, but I'm always grateful for
0: it. I I understand. The wall of Winnipeg and me and... Mariana's uh, 85 other books are uh, all available now um, we're going to put links to it in the show notes where you can grab it from Amazon or Audible uh, or go visit your local bookstore and support local books um, Mariana if if people are just discovering you and want to dig into your amazing back catalog and follow along for what's coming up new I, I know you said you aren't super uh, present on social media but is there a place where people can find you online and and you know, get all the information they need.
1: Absolutely. Um, I have um a website, it's MarianaZapata.com. Um, my Instagram, I keep up to date pretty often. And I have a Facebook account I get on when I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but but you can definitely find everything on there. Um, so yeah. <laughs>
0: Great. We'll link that up to make it easy for folks to find you. Uh, Mariana, this has been such a uh, a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the show.
1: Oh, I appreciate you so much, Hank. You're really wonderful. And I, I really had such a good time with you. I appreciate it.
0: That's our episode for today. There's so much more to come as we talk to authors about the craft of writing, but also the business of publishing. Be sure to subscribe to the StoryCraft Cafe podcast in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. The StoryCraft Cafe is made possible by Dabble. Writing a book is challenging. Your writing tool should not be. Dabble is an easy-to-use online writing tool packed with helpful features that allow beginning novelists and published authors to create amazing stories. Visit us at dabblewriter.com and start your free trial today. Thanks for listening.